Hey everybody, welcome back for another edition of the Club Cool Podcast. I'm your host, Barrett Dudley, and I'm here in the Washed Media Studio. Joining me is Phil Battaglia. Phil, what's going on? Oh boy, that that sounds like good vibes over there. What are you what are you what are you crunching on? What are you what are you slurping down? <laughs> are we allowed are we allowed to you know how on t- on television commercials you're not allowed to like actually drink the the alcohol? Fuck that. Does that does that apply to podcasts no, as well? No, we are allowed to we're allowed to to broadcast through audio you sipping down a strawberry orange mimosa hard seltzer from Vizzy. It's a lovely beverage. Can't wow. believe that there's no sugar in this. Is is that the, only a hun, a hun cow? It's a hun cow. A hun cow, no sugar. It's totes the best hun cow hard seltzer. Well, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's 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 a great little um, package here. Um, it's the Stra- best package. Strawberry orange. God, look at us. I don't even know if we're supposed to to just launch into an ad like this, just well, like w- at thirty seconds into the episode. But here we are. We have. We've done it. We've we're no turning back. We now. we started the podcast. We we sat down here in the studio. We cracked a couple of vizies. It's Friday afternoon, and we are officially passing the vibe check. I think. And that's the thing about Busy is that it also passes the vibe check. You got to keep the summer vibes going, man. It's essential. And to do that, you got to have Busy riding with you. Busy hard seltzer always passes the vibe check with its bold and delicious fruit flavors. I've got the peach orange, the peach orange mimosa. Ah. Uh, you know, those are, these are specialty packs here, whether it's the mimosa hard seltzers or the lemonade hard seltzers. They also have other wonderful variety packs that include classics like pineapple, mango, black cherry, lime, strawberry, kiwi, and of course, blueberry, palmy, a washed media favorite. Um, you just look, th- this is the best hard seltzer out there. It's got all the things you need to keep the party and keep the vibes going. So go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. Check it out. That's where you can uh, just find out about all the new flavors dropping and figure out who's carrying Vizzy near you in a town, in a locale close to your destination or, or, or your place of uh, place of residence, VizzyHeartSeltzer.com slash washed. Void where prohibited for rules and regulations. Go to VizzyHeartSeltzer.com slash washed. Must be 21 or older. Cool. Yeah. Um, Phil... What's been going on, man? Well, Sunny is 11 weeks old today. So we've been, you know, raising our child and, ah. you know, trying to not think about that all day when I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, you're like, did you think that you were going to be like a, like a very like concerned parent? Yeah. You you thought you knew that that was yeah. that 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 that's what was in store for you. Well, based on my experience with Poppy the dog, uh-huh. and when we like <laughs> were ever like dropping her off with someone, yeah, yeah, I knew that like yeah, it would be something. I I genuinely feel like I am going to be more concerned about the uh, like like I will be less concerned about my future kids than I will be about the dogs. <laughs> Well, you're wrong. I, I don't know. I really don't know. The the dogs are like okay. The dogs are are real dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 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 extremely mobile. You know, your yeah, eleven week old child literally cannot do anything without you. Basically, that's very true. She does not move unless you move her. 
Correct. Right. So it's like, you know, but she's in not doing go- so. If you drop the 11 week old, it could be very bad. Yeah. But it, name a child that's not been dropped at least once. We yeah. all, we all got dropped. Sure. It happens. Children are resilient. You know what I mean? They're not outside just like digging up roots of poisonous plants or like (laughs) slipping through the fence, slipping through the fence or eating socks, eating, eating socks, eating plastic, uh, you know, inflatable donuts. But, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's, uh, it's obviously very time consuming both physically and, uh, and mentally. But yeah, uh, you know, we do. I know that you've experienced this though with the puppy, like the waking up in the middle of the night. Uh Um, but the once she's old enough to become mobile and start shoving stuff in her mouth, other than what she does right now is her hands and is really trying hard to get those feet in there. So that's the next big milestone is inserting the foot into the mouth. Yeah. It's going to be a challenge though, because we have stairs. <laughs> that, that's how you get hand, foot, and mouth disease. That's I'm pretty correct, sure. Correct, <laughs> Is that is that correct? I'm sure. I don't know. <laughs> Has to be. I, I'm not actually sure. I think hand, foot, and mouth is just that's where like that's where the disease lives. lives yeah. yeah, yeah, it's on you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I think that every everything we've heard is like once they start becoming mobile, it changes everything. So we're loving, you know, the the. The time that we have right now. With yeah, her. enjoy it, enjoy it. That that's definitely what what I've heard as well. Well, we're here. We're we're in the studio. It's Friday. We're enjoying ourselves. So you know, just just take an hour to 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 vibe out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're you're just you're living that Gen Z life right now. Yeah, you know, vibing. That's what all the kids are, are drinking at the at your place of <laughs> your place of work. Yeah. Is, is is what you told me? Yeah, man. They're just they're 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 at the office. They're they're cracking visies at three thirty p.m. and then they're like heading down to rainy at five, right? Vibing. Yeah, just 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 vibing. Speaking of um, kids getting lit and uh, vibing, what, what one of the things that I got to talk to you today, to talk to you about today, is the Woodstock '99 documentary on yeah. Netflix. Isn't that great? <laughs> Uh, I, uh, you know, the, a, a lot of what we're going to talk about today, we're like a few weeks behind on, but that's okay. I think that's part for the course for this, um, for this podcast network in particular. Uh, so, so this came out a month ago or, or a few weeks ago, and I know a lot of people have already covered this, but if you've not checked out the three, the three episode documentary on Netflix called Trainwreck colon Woodstock 99, it's a must watch, um, no matter how old you are, but it's especially, I think, resonant for you and I, because we were adolescents when this all, when, when this went down and I remember it in the news. I rem- I remember MTV broadcasting from there. Um, but I do not remember just how ginormous of a clusterfuck it is. It, it was, um, and, and, and rehashing it all and watching it just like, I just, I had, I was just flooded with like, with, with so many different thoughts about the era in particular and how it related to just like, to like the social state of mind in the late nineties and the, what pop culture was like in the late nineties and of course, how people dressed and what the styles were <laughs> from the late '90s. 
Um, so that that's where I wanted to start today is is with is with this documentary. And um, I, I think where I'll start is, and 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 then I'm, I'll, I'll ask you the same question, is where I was in 1999. I was when 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 Woodstock '99 went down. I was 12 12 years old, about to be 13 years old. Um, we had just recently moved into a new house. We had had cable for all of like I want to say like six months, eight months. And so I was glued to like MTV and MTV Spring Break, especially like that. That like that was my jam. Did you like, not have cable at like, the other house? No, uh, uh-uh. growing up from from about, wow. from about first to sixth grade, no cable. Were you listening to radio shows? I, I was watching Network. I don't know, man. <laughs> it was the VHS era. <laughs> I remember watching a lot of stuff on VHS. This is why I've seen the movie Three Ninjas like sixty-seven times. <laughs> yeah, well, this is this is movie. why I can quote Rookie of the Year all day long. I see. Yeah, this is all becoming very clear. <laughs> Your vast knowledge of these movies and like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we did. We didn't. I think at the very like like towards the, yeah, I, I think maybe we had just gotten cable at, at at the first house that I grew up in, but then we definitely had it in in our, in the new house. Which, uh, which which we moved into shortly before I started seventh grade, um, and and that would have basically coincided like right, right with this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but but I remember I think it was probably like six months prior on MTV Spring Break when Limp Bizkit was like out on like they blew up the ship, they blew up the boat on MTV Spring Break. Sweet. I, but like uh, okay. Little so some some just context for you. Everybody at Woodstock '99 is somewhere between the ages of like fifteen and twenty-five. I would say, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a very narrow demographic. There are not a lot of thirty-year-olds walking around at Woodstock, right? And that was in keeping with the kind of the vision of Woodstock because Woodstock '69 was very much like the youth. Mm-hmm. It was like y- the youths kind of rebelling and protesting against the Vietnam War. But there weren't a lot, like, like, like it was a very young festival. And Woodstock 99 kind of followed that same suit. So you, 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 were, you were, what, 14, 15? Yeah, going into high school, I remember it was like summer. Not, I don't know about Woodstock in particular, but I do remember the Limp Biscuit. Yeah. phase of my life so so as a middle schooler like and you're you are a kid in middle school like yeah. i i remember you know i i'm still young enough to remember that like when you are, are in seventh grade when you are in eighth grade you're starting to feel very adult but you are a child oh yeah you're a damn child but like we would go into one of our favorite activities was like going into like pack sun or hot topic and like seeing if they had new limp biscuit stickers and corn stickers to Sweet. put in our locker hell yeah so like this, this was that, 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 that's, that's the first thing that like all of this made me think about is that the late nineties was the, the only time in my lifetime when like this brand of kind of heavy rock, like aggro music was the zenith of pop culture. The most popular bands in the world were this, like this, this rap metal blend that 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 they brought to Woodstock '99. Yeah, didn't they call it like new metal? New metal, new metal. Yeah, which it, it's not metal. 
Not really. It's it probably is closer to hip hop than it right. is to like true. Yeah, especially metal. Limp Bizkit and Corn. But it's but it, but it's it's very it's hard rock. It's got the hard rock aspect of it as well, and it you know and and it like there is a lot of rage and angst in this music. Um, and it was the most. And what I'm saying is that like that was the most popular music in the world. That is what yeah. that is what I was listening to as a 12 year old, and it's what people were listening to that were 19 and 20 years old as well. Is this like 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 you know what I mean? Everybody's pissed off. Everybody was yes, everybody for what which makes no sense because the only like the the biggest thing to remember about the 90s is that like outside of the 80s, the the 90s was like the decade of excess and success and extravagance. Like economy was booming, baby. Why do you think people think so fondly of Bill Clinton? Right, like the '90s was like that. People were just going crazy. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Quality of life was good. People were making bank. (laughs) You were banking, (laughs) and um, you know this would all come crashing down two years later with the 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 nine eleven attacks and the the subsequent economic collapse. But but up until that, like the '90s were 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 a golden time, which I actually think is partially what allowed for this kind of like uninhibited, unchecked white male entitlement, privilege, rage, just like, like all of it. And it, and, and one of the ways that that manifested was like in these bands being like, I'm, I'm trying to put it, put it in context. Phil. like, think about like somebody like I know she hasn't released, uh, for some reason she's coming to mind, even though she's not released any m- new music in six years, so she's probably a bad example. I was thinking about Rihanna. But like, uh, Dua Lipa, Billie Eilish, Taylor Swift, like mega, mega pop stars, right? Mm-hmm. Th- that's what Limp Bizkit and Korn were. <laughs> that is how popular they were. That is how big they were as musicians. Yeah. It, it, the, the, that's the other thing that I started thinking about is like how they how they put together... The lineup here is incredible. They had you pull it up. Yeah, they they had everybody on this thing. Well, the thing that I love about that documentary is how it just makes me so nostalgic about MTV because that was such a huge part of our lives in that time, and that's really the only thing I cared about was MTV. You know, as far as like television was concerned. Oh, that's all I watched, dude. Yeah. I wa- and then once it once it went into something weird late at night, I'd switch over to Nick at night. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but MTV was in, and it, I loved watching the the interviews with the the anchors, or I don't know if you can even call them anchors, but the the VJs, the VJs, the yeah. VJs. yeah, yeah, and showing them like Carson when he was on the stage and people started throwing shit at him and like how he was telling people like I'm getting the fuck out of here, yeah. Yeah, and it was just how it just devolved into the worst scenario <laughs> ever, and uh, you know it didn't seem like a place you'd want to be. But that is true with a lot of these all day festivals. Shit gets crazy by the time the headliners take the stage. If you if you've been there all day boozing in the heat, typically is when these things take place. Um, and it's a lot of testosterone with all these dudes out there. Uh, and then you put a, a a band on like Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Shit's gonna get weird. Here's the lineup. Here, here, I'm gonna read you the. This is like here's the poster: Aerosmith, Bush, The Chemical Brothers, 
And I'm I'm not I'm not going to read every single one. Just the read the, them all. the 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 ones that that stand out to me is like big artists of the time. Collective Soul, Counting Crows, Creed, <laughs> Cheryl Crow, who some does not belong on this list. I know she was like a big star, but really weird addition. DMX, Everclear, Everlast, Fatboy Slim, Foo Fighters, Godsmack. Yeah. You remember Godsmack? <laughs> Um, Ice Cube, Jamiroquai, Jewel, Kid Rock. How could we forget Kid Rock yeah. in his fur coat? Corn, Limp Biscuit, Lit, Live, <laughs> Dave Matthews Band, Metallica, uh, Willie Nelson, <laughs> Rage Against the Machine, Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, The Offspring. Yeah. And Wyclef Jean, who I got, you got to give, you, you also have to talk about the Wyclef Jean moment yeah. when 23 years ago, he basically does like a like a like you know we think that like all of this kind of angst and kind of like rebelling against America and what the flag and the national anthem stands for that all feels very current. Wyclef Jean in 1999 gets up there. First thing he does is plays the Star Spangled Banner and tells everybody to throw their trash on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like, oh, you guys are throwing water bottles and shit. Okay, here I got something for you to throw trash at, and plays the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> <laughs> he was huge though. Yeah. Fuji's. He was part of the Fuji's yeah. and then and then was a, a giant star in his in his own right. But it, okay, so here's what I'm trying to say about the acts though. If you put together this list of artists now, it's like a counterculture festival. And I don't mean these specific ones. I mean this these genres of music, you are creating like a niche kind of subculture little offshoot of a festival. If you put together the artists that represent the same level of popularity in 1999 and 2022, the the artists that you would put together would equal the iHeartRadio Festival. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it it's and I I realized that boy bands were also very big in 1999. So there was still, you know, that was the beginning of like that that Britney Spears was very hot, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. Those bands were all really really big as well. But like the 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 level of popularity for these other for for this other type of music, whether it was like this grunge alt rock or the new metal stuff or or you know or Rage Against the Machine, Corn, Limp Bizkit, Lincoln Park, like all those bands, like that that shit was huge, mm-hmm. and that that's uh, that that's just like a big that's one of the biggest differences between like uh, that's one of the things that that kind of allowed for this to happen, right? Is that all of these bands were just like. They were the perfect spark to light the match mm-hmm. that was happening at this festival. Um, so, I <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the style real quick mm-hmm. because absolutely nothing from 1999 like really deserves to 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 ever live again style wise. The the I I think the only like there are a few things. That that caught my eye here. Obviously, Fred Durst and the fitted Yankees cap. Mm-hmm. He really like, like for me as a you know suburban white child, he is who put like new era caps on the map for me. The red and white Yankees cap in the Nookie video is super iconic. I definitely went out to Lids and bought that hat. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he also was a big bucket um, hat guy. Too. He did like a bucket hat too. And, and, and then the, the, the pieces of like the, of, of like the, 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 the general vibe from these guys that, that kind of lives on in current, uh, pop culture is kind of the skate influence, mm-hmm. the DC shoes and the baggier pants and, and all of that. But, um, but as far as the festival, festival goers go, 
It's a lot of gigantic cargo shorts uh, and, and, and like gnarly flip-flops. Yeah, and I feel like there was a lot of like um, – I just remember that that era being a lot of puka shells. A lot of puka shells. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I was wearing them. You better have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully a few, you know, like a little leather, like a little leather necklace of oh, some sort. Absolutely. A little, maybe like a little dangly shell. Dog Martens. In addition to the puka shell. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what, what just a crazy, crazy event this was. Uh, Here's a question for you. How were all of these kids getting permission from their parents to go to a for a, a full weekend overnight sleepaway festival? Can't can't imagine. I have no idea. The age demographic of who was at this is also like just like fascinating to me. Cuz the, these kids were young, man. It can only the the reasoning can only be you know a lot of those parents may have been wishing that they had opportunities to go to Wood, the original Woodstock when they were that age. And, and they, they were like, like you, gonna, this is, yeah, they're not going to take that experience away. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I feel that. That's fair. And boy, was it a different deal. <laughs> <laughs> just a, just a little bit. And, um, I mean, don't forget Green Day was there too, weren't they? I believe, yes. Because yeah, I, I remember so. they, they, uh, were they the, they got in the mud or something. They they really sp- spurred that uh, the the mud fight, which I think was, hilarious and with just seeing how jacked up everybody was for corn okay unbelievable i I do want to talk about the corn concert because after watching the three episodes you're obviously kind of like horrified and disgusted but my uh, my my you know the devil on my other shoulder was like yeah but that corn concert looked tight yes (laughs) that opener that they they came out with whatever the i don't remember the name of the song but they, whoever was doing that interview was like, that was the moment of the entire festival. And I would agree. Yeah. It was incredible. The, I loved the description of how he'd, he'd, ne- he'd never seen crowds do some of the things that they did before like that. Like entire sections of the crowd were just suddenly like in a different area <laughs> because of like the, the force of like the people kind of like rocking and moving. Uh-huh. Um, that was, that, that was pretty awesome though. Yeah. Like. I'm not. I'm not saying that I would have been in the mosh pit because I wouldn't have been, but um, but we all know that you definitely would have been. No. <laughs> I've been dead. And um, yeah, that 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 concert in particular looked uh, looked pretty sweet. Uh, okay, here's another question for you: Who's the biggest villain of Woodstock '99? It sounds like it was Fred Durst. You, you think it was Fred? You. you after watching the documentary, your takeaway is that the biggest villain is Fred Durst. Yeah. Because what didn't they warn him not to do, not to get the, the crowd was already peaking, and there had been a lot of incidents with what people like groping girls and stuff in the audience or lighting shit on fire, and he still told people to go ahead and, didn't he say, didn't he influence somebody to light something on fire in the back? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That I, I the documentary like plays maybe a little fast and loose with like when all of this was happening and then like how it was all happening, but 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 yes. The okay, the 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 point is things are getting a little bit out of control and Fred Durst kind of has an opportunity to maybe calm things down a little bit. 
and instead they like close the set with break stuff. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> at one point he like screams, you know, like fuck, like break, break fucking whatever you want or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, people are like ripping down the the wood panels on the uh, the soundstage or something like that. So this he, is he, this is the kind of stuff that would occur. Like you would equate this with a rage show, not a fucking Limp Biscuit show, <laughs> which is so disheartening. Because I would love that kind of shit at a rage show because like that's what goes on, man. But have you ever been to a Rage Against the Machine no, concert? I was supposed to fucking go to the Madison Square Garden. They just played. They they had five nights, I think, at Madison Square Garden the past last week. Last week? Yeah. Oh, that's not, dude. It's 2022, man. Everybody's woke. That shit's not going to be. That that that's not. I don't care. You, you missed your you missed your opportunity to go. To, no, you missed your opportunity to go to a real rage show. No, I think they're still to, killing it. I've seen the 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 videos from the shows. Does Zach De La Rocha even tour with them anymore? Oh yes, he does. It's the, okay, it's the whole crew. So he's back. He's back, and I think this is their last run. That's why I'm so pissed I didn't get to go. Gotcha. Um, so you think you think people are getting cray in Madison Square Garden to rage? There was some moshing, but no, yeah. it's not like it used to be, and I don't give a fuck. I'm not trying to get in that. <laughs> I just want to hear the music. Okay, all right, all right. Um, but what is the rowdy? You, I mean, you if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know Phil's big Metallica guy as well. Uh, <laughs> loves Metallica. I do. Yeah. Um, what is the wildest show you've ever been to? What's the craziest show you've ever been to? Um, but let me come back to that. I don't know. Okay. That caught me off guard. Well, I personally am just disappointed. I never got to see a uh, Limp Bizkit show. <laughs> Fun fact. I saw NSYNC before they weren't even a headliner. They were like an opening act back in the nineties. I don't know when that was. Um, okay, so I'm surprised. I asked you the question, the villain question, because I, I'm, I, I'm, and I'm a little surprised by your answer because I was appalled by John Cher. Who's that? He's the he was the the like the the promoter that was not the Woodstock guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I've never seen a man try to shirk responsibility about the things that happened more than that guy has. Yeah. His his comment about like about. When it comes down to all the to when they get to the sexual assault and the rapes mm-hmm. and the gropings and all that and all that stuff, and he and his response is basically that like well we had two hundred fifty thousand people there, which is the size of a small city, and if you compare the incident the 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 per, that the number of incidents of rape and sexual assault in a small city compared to the at Woodstock it's probably about the same. That that was a that was a so that ho- makes it perfectly funny. that was a horrifying answer. God, what a dumbass. <laughs> Um, and that guy really, really sucked and just did not, you could tell that he was not down. It it just, how, 20 years later, how do you not have like a little bit of introspection? How can you not sit there and be like, yeah, that was pretty messed up. We probably could have done a bunch of stuff better and I feel real bad about it. Mm -hmm. But instead he's just like, it's, it's everything was somebody else's fault not really my fault. Oh, this thing went that way because of this X, Y, Z. It really wasn't that bad. Yada, yada, yada. Um, I, I didn't have time for him. No. Um, and then poor, uh, what, what's his face? Mike, the, the, the guy that 
that started it all? Yeah, the original Woodstock guy? Yeah, his, <laughs> his name's slipping my mind right now. Woodstock guy. Michael Lang. Michael Lang. Mm-hmm. He, I, he, I think, his interviews are very, I think, th- I think they're a little, well, I, you saw this towards the end. And I looked it up like when after episode two, just to because I was curious about him. He died like three months after that interview. Yikes! From non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, I believe, mm-hmm. which means that he probably knew he had cancer and probably mm-hmm. kind of you know knew it could it could potentially be the end very soon while giving that interview. And so I think that 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 I think that his responses and his just like version of the story. We're very much like holding on to like a, like trying to hold on to some uh, version of legacy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like this dude basically created Woodstock, the most famous festival ever of all time, the most like glorified, the most respected, the the just the the that kind of alpha and omega of like what music festivals are today, right? Mm-hmm. And this Woodstock ninety nine <laughs> tainted that a little bit. It, you know, it, it that that's a that's a black spot on the on the legacy of Woodstock. You, you say Woodstock now, you still probably think '69, but then your second thought of is, oh, but then it went horribly awry in '99, and so I feel like he's trying to protect it a little bit, kind of no, you know, and so he he doesn't have as much like there's less mea culpa from him because he's trying to hang on to like a little bit of something, mm-hmm. but um, just a crazy crazy thing all around fascinating to watch uh the the levels of just kind of anarchy that it reaches at the end on sunday when they just are like blowing up gas tanks and trailer tractors and looting the vendor tents fucking starting fires everywhere i mean it is it is it's truly truly nuts yeah to, to to see what happens and to see the aftermath and to just like watch there's that one guy who like who like looks at the camera. He's caught on camera for the pay per view or whatever, and he's just like, "I don't know, man. Lord of the Flies, you yeah, know." That's what it was, and it was, yeah. Like, like, and it's it's, I just it's also it's another fascinating piece to just like look at the, just the psychology of it all to think about a quarter of a million people being in a place and like what happens when you just like flip a switch in their like brain and like just turn them onto like hive mind, like mob mentality, right. And you, you, and and it, and I, I think that's it's. There's an interesting piece of of self reflection there because everybody sits on their couch and watches and says, "I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have participated. I wouldn't have gone that far. That's that that's messed up." But you don't actually know. Ooh. You don't actually know what you do until there's thousands of people surrounding you, like starting a fucking bushfire, man. Like st- tearing down wood panels and like yeah. Like saying, you know, going at his fucking shirt off. <laughs> you know, my shirt already would have been off. Oh, right. Of course. But, 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 uh, but, but yeah. And, and that, that leads me to, to the kind of the final point was you get through two and a half hours of, of watching this documentary. <laughs> you're sitting there, you're like, oh my God. You just like, you cannot get over how big of a disaster this was from everything that happened. I, I mean, you know, most of all the, like, the, the sexual assaults, which seemed like the worst thing. And then you're reflecting on like, just like how awful we were as a society in, in the late nineties when all of that was like borderline, just like acceptable or just like, Oh, that's what happens. If a chick crowd surfs. Yeah. She's going to get her boobs grabbed. 
You know what I mean? Like this right. very like like nonchalant, like casual response to it that 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 existed uh, at the time. And the 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 chick that gets trench mouth from drinking like the tainted water, which Ugh. you know was happening all across the board, like just everything was was horrible and awful. And this was a giant disaster. And then like the final thing is is the the, the festival goers that are now in their forties or whatever going on 50 that they're talking to it's like final question is like so would you do it again would you go again and they're like absolutely <laughs> it was the experience of a lifetime and of course i would do it again that 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 blew me away that floored me it's that everybody's all, it's, that everybody's response was like like after all of that they show you all of the horror and then, like, the last thing they leave you with is basically, like, so would you go again? Would you do it again? Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Big Kid Rock <laughs> fans. I think that, you know, it's kind of like that Fire Festival documentary. Yeah. How everything went wrong. And right. Poor, the planning was just asinine. Yep. But on a grander scale. Because well, and there was... People actually showed up. For yes. This. The difference was there was actually a festival. Yeah. There was actually an experience to be had beyond, like like the circumstances of the experience were bad, but it wasn't exclusively bad experiences. You, you Maybe you did go to the corn show. Maybe you did like have fun with your friends, camping out, like doing all that type of stuff. And I, it, it, that part just made me think about how like, like well, okay. You know, I start, I thought about it and I was like, okay, this is the, if you went to Woodstock 99, that's a story you get to pull out for the rest of your life. Yeah, sure. And then you, so, so translate that to your own life. Like what's the best story you have? What is the craziest story you can pull out to tell somebody like, oh, well this one time you'll never believe what happened to me. You don't, you don't, you don't pull that out of your life. You don't take that out of your life. You don't say, no, wish I hadn't done that. It's like one of the most interesting things about you. You know what I mean? So of course these people like don't yeah. don't have like regrets necessarily about one of the craziest experiences of their life. Yeah, they they say they would do it again, but they wouldn't. Not at this age. <laughs> well, no, not at not at fifty. But it's just kind of no. like like you know they don't regret being there and, and doing right. whatever the hell they were doing there. Yeah, but <laughs> um, that show or the, the the most memorable show I've ever been to as far as. Concerts is concerned is the Rolling Stones at Zilker Park. Um, that was just epic. And the craziest show would be Turnstile hmm. at Mohawk. Uh, I think that was a year ago. A little more than a year ago. Okay. What was crazy about it? They're nuts. Yeah. A lot of moshing, a lot of people jumping off shit. And, and Mohawk is like conducive to that. There, there's a lot of elevated surfaces to uh hop off of yeah it's cool they go hard yeah i'm i'm I'm, i've got uh i want to go see not in the middle of any of that shit no next time though no (laughs) (laughs) i can't hang (laughs) um yeah well i i I, there's there's a show i want to go to at mohawk next next month uh we can move on before we get to our next topic though let's hear from another of today's sponsors i want to tell you about Felix Gray. Six years ago, Felix Gray set out to create eyewear that that would improve daily screen time. And they they achieved that goal. So Felix Gray lenses filter 15 times more blue light that can make screen time tough on eyes and disruptive to sleep. 
And look, we're, we're never putting these phones away. We're never getting off our computers. We're never going to stop watching Woodstock doc- documentaries on Netflix. Nope. And all those, all those things, all those screens, they are a major, major source of blue light, common symptoms from spending too much time in front of, the, of, of that blue light, headaches, blurry vision, dry and tired eyes, plus trouble sleeping. Exposure to blue light at night can lower the production of melatonin, and that's the hormone that regulates sleep. So you need a pair of you need a pair of Felix Grays. You need a pair of the best blue light glasses on the market. So go to FelixGrayGlasses.com slash club cool. They've got non-prescription and prescription available. Your boy's got like 20-20 vision. It's probably a little worse than that now, but I don't need no, I ain't need no prescription. <laughs> so I just get to I just get to buy straight from you know, I don't I don't have to deal with the RX or anything. But if you do, if you're you know, if you're a if you need that prescription, if if you need to uh to, to add a little something, they've got that available. It's very easy. Check them out now. Felixgrayglasses.com slash club cool. I'm gonna spell it for you. F-E-L-I-X G R a y glasses.com slash club cool. They've got free shipping, free returns, free exchanges, nothing to lose here. Felix gray glasses.com slash club cool. Uh, so Phil, you, you mentioned that, uh, that, that you found Fred Durst to be quite a villain. And, uh, my partner, Laura, she, she was kind of in, in agreement with you. Mm. Other people appearing on the documentary said, no, you, you, you can't stop you can't stop Fred Durst from being Fred Durst. He's he's an artist, he's an entertainer. They're going to get out there and put on the best show possible. That's what they do. They they live and breathe for those moments to exhilarate and 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 uh and titillate a crowd. Right. And I, I kind of landed on that side. I was like, look, he was just kind of doing a Fred Durst thing. Like, what do you expect him to suddenly be playing kumbaya up on stage and like asking people to he should have you know sit crisscross applesauce no um but then i thought about it and i was like well this is very similar to a recent thing that's happened and that's when travis scott right. murder, murdered all those kids at astroworld <laughs> yeah and i and and, and i was I, I personally was trying to rationalize my own thoughts in in my head and i was like well okay big difference you know this was this insane festival that had no security and like just terrible everything and like people were getting raucous and starting to tear stuff apart but it was like so it was more calming down there was the 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 ask was more to calm people down than to like make sure that people weren't getting hurt uh with the Travis Scott case there seemed to be a stream of people including major flashing like ambulance lights like trying to get to the crowd yelling at stage to stop like in general a lot of the crowd was asking for help was asking to stop all of this so the situation was just very different and 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 travis either chose not to do anything or didn't hear them um whether you want to give him the benefit of the doubt or not uh and so i still i still definitely fault him more than i do fred durst and at the woodstock 99 situation another gigantic key is that for all of the the just absolute mayhem, filth, mud, everything that went down in Woodstock 99, nobody died. Travis Scott, small children were trampled to death. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's a big deal. Uh, the, the reason that I'm using this as a segue, Phil, is because a few weeks back, the new reverse mocha Travis Scott one low dropped. <laughs> Night. <laughs> 
Nike finally put it out. Uh-huh. Travis released it on the website. There was a sneakers drop, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And everybody just totally just we 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 wiped him clean of his sins. We washed him away. Nobody gave two shits anymore about all the dead kids at Astro World. We just were like, oh, these are super these yeah. are super sick. I got to I got to have them. <laughs> um and I you know, I, I can't I can't front. I, I tried to get them. They're they're super sick. And I I, I just yeah. wanted to I, I love those. I wanted to do a little a little sneaker check in because it's been a, it's been quite a quite a minute since since we talked about it and I just there's some new stuff that's happening there's there's been a few kind of momentous occasions recently that I wanted to pick your brain on and and um and and just kind of check back in on on one of the things that's driven this podcast from the beginning. I've got the Travis Scott one reverse mochas pulled up that they're they're just they're really good. Mm-hmm. You know they mm-hmm. look awesome and. It's kind of unfortunate because I wanted to just keep boycotting and hating. No, but then but these come out and I I, I like you said I I got to go for them right oh, man yeah I love those and it it just reminded me of a lot of things. It's you know it, people can do the worst things, but if you're really really good and talented at something, whether it's Deshaun Watson throwing a football or Travis Scott making good music and very cool sneakers. Like people are just like more than happy to look the other way, mm-hmm. more than happy to just be like, ah, yeah, but make excuses for you, rationalize the behavior, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and yeah, that's what happened here. And I, I, I expect that after the release of these shoes, the next album will be a giant hit. I'm sure. He'll be touring again in no time. If he's not already. He is. And, um, I, I, you know, I, that, that was a thing that I wasn't sure he was going to recover from, but that was foolish of me to think that because of course he has. Mm -hmm. Well, he didn't do the Kanye thing and like go, or I I mean, maybe he did and I just missed it, but Kanye loves to get on rants, like public rants on social and any, any channel that'll have him. Yes, when there's a controversy and like double down, da- double it down right. on it, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like no. go to the White House with a MAGA hat yeah. on, and yeah, he 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 didn't he did not do any of that. He didn't really like try to defend himself too yeah. too too strongly. Now his his apologies and kind of acceptance of responsibility was subpar, I would say, mm-hmm. mediocre at best, but. You're right. He did not like get super defensive about it or double down like Kanye would have, yeah. which, which you can probably just helped. thank his attorneys for all that bullshit because they're well, telling, right? They're they're not gonna let him. They're not gonna let ex- no. And I, I, I'm 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 actually glad you said that because I, I was I'm was going to mention that as well. That a lot of that probably had to do with uh, with legal reasons for uh, Travis. You are not allowed to say any yeah. of that lest you be liable for like all billion dollars that you're worth. So. Those lawsuits are large, baby. Um, speaking of Kanye West, uh-huh. were, were you in tuned with Yeezy Day just no. recently? No, I, I did see the the interview, or I don't even know if that was an interview, but that Fox reporter that was asking him about the trash bags and oh yeah, at at, uh, at Gap, yeah. With the Balenciaga engineered by Balenciaga that Gap was pretty, stuff, pretty funny. Apparently, the Gap at North Lamar is carrying it. 
I need to get I need to get up there and, and check out the giant trash bags. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, so th- this also happened recently oh, where this where where yeah, yeah, yeah. there was like this like day from yeah, Adidas yeah. and on the confirmed app where they just released a bunch of old Yeezys. They re-released a bunch of retros and yeah. a bunch of stuff. They the turtle this, doves really the, sl- the slides, the yeah. foam runners, and yes, the highlight was that they re-released the OG Yeezy, the one that I think for both of us started yeah. our 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 kind of our interest in sneaker culture. Sure. The 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 Yeezy Boost 350 Turtle Doves. Yeah, I would love to hear more about people that got their hands on these this second release. So I I saw some photos. I heard some stuff in a Discord. Uh, you know, just a little bit about it. They I I think they kind of botched the shape. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure that seven years later, like they're at a different factory. They're cutting costs. There's yeah. the, they, they had to make new molds, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that they. They they look different. They look a little different. Mm-hmm. You remember when all the bootlegs of these were coming out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new ones kind of look like bootlegs of the originals. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> That's what always to me ended up totally tarnishing that version of the Yeezy is because there was so many bootlegs out there. I was like, well, anytime I'd see them in the wild, I was like, those have to be fake. Like what? There's there was there were the bootlegs were so good. There was, I remember getting online and, and getting down to the point of you could count the, the, on the back little tab there, there was a thread, Mm -hmm. there was a stitch that went around. And if it went around at a certain point, you could tell they were fake. And I was like trying to look at people's like back of their heels to see if they were fake. Yep. Because you can't tell, man. There, there was like a dude that I think got famous or or, or had his fifteen minutes of fame um, from like a YouTube series where he like would just like go around and call people out on fake news. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I don't think you 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 went for any of these shoes, but would you have been interested? Are you interested in owning a pair of Turtle Doves still? I would have been if I was. Um, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, it's, it depends it, on what what's like. It's tough because they're they're not. How they, much are they? Okay, that that's where I was going. They don't retail. It's not like they're inexpensive retail. Right. I think they were two twenty. No, see, I, I can I can put the two twenty to something way more appealing right. to me. And it, and it's like and and I it's it was apparently it, by the way Kanye was apparently not happy about this easy. Well, day. He's not happy. With he's anything. not happy about anything, especially right. when it comes to Adidas. It would seem at the moment. But he did. He apparently did not approve or was not in favor of releasing that, re-releasing the Turtle Dove. Um, it, it, you know, for guys like us, like like there's a lot of nostalgia built up in this shoe. So I it definitely piqued my interest. I, I definitely was was you know I I, I I I turned on the confirmed app. I looked around. I, I didn't. I realized there was not really any shot for me because I wasn't paying close enough attention to it. And then the more I thought about it, it was like, well, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna drop two fifty on a shoe that is kind of dated at this point. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really go with like the current aesthetics and 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 fit with what my wardrobe looks like now. At the same time, you know, if I had known a little bit beforehand, and if they had really, really done a nice job on the replication of like the original, it still is like, you know, it, it, it's one of the shoes that just brought me into this whole thing, mm-hmm. and was just like a total grail. So it was it was kind of cool to see to see it back for a day. 
Um, I might break out the Yeezys. And you still own a pair? Yeah. What do you what do you, what do you what are you working those, with? Uh, belugas. The, the belugas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll say this about those: they are incredibly comfortable. It's, okay. See, I, I, our our buddy Ross of mm-hmm. the Ross Bowling Podcast and Oysters Clams Cockles. He he is a collector of Yeezys, um, and he he thinks they're all like super comfy. I totally disagree. I never <laughs> I never found a pair comfortable, and I, I mean I realize everybody's everybody's different. Everybody has different kind of preferences, but like I had Yeezy three hundred and fifty V twos, hate really uncomfortable for me, very wow. uncomfortable for me. I had the Desert Rats, the five hundreds or whatever, not comfortable, not comfortable, um, but. But, uh, but I mean, honestly, now the, the, the things that are, I, I find most appealing from, from the Yeezy drops are the slides here and the, and the foam runners, which he was, a, he was admittedly pretty ahead of the curve on. Yeah. Um, and that, that's another thing that's just inundated everywhere. Like there's so many. Yeah. Yeah. Different Ta- versions. There are a million different options of the, of the, the, the kind now, of the rubber clog now. But. I'll tell you what really intrigues me that I was just in love with back when they first released is those boots that what are they the seven oh yeah yeah, yeah. The, those yeah. are the again and and you know I, I i always have to give him credit where it's due he still hits on things well ahead of of time and those are kind of like seeing a resurgence of pot in popularity i think they're getting pretty expensive on the resale market you're talking about the like they they're called like the it's like the easy desert boot or something right when, the one with the strap Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, you're thinking of the 750, right? Yep. Yeah. I love those. Yeah. I, I, every, all those colors are, are beautiful. Yeah. I mean, apply them to any other shoe. Right, 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 right. Yeah, the, they're all, great. All, all the earth tones and the gum soles. Yeah, and the, they're good. You kind of was on that bone off-white color yeah. early. Yeah. Um, what, where, what is your, I mean, obviously you have an 11 week old child, so that takes a lot of the time, <laughs> kind of pulls you away from, from some of these drop models, but, but where you, you came in the other day with like a pretty like sweet looking pair of ASICs that you just pulled mm-hmm. off the, the ASICs website. Right you got them on right now. Are, are they any things, are those collaborations? Are they, are they something specific? I or? don't believe they are, but it was something I've had my eye on. They're the, uh, Kayano. Yeah, know the gel, called. gel Kayano. Gel Kayano. That's what Jound is about to release. Is is their version of a gel yeah. Kayano? And they're a little bit. You know, I like the colorway because if something can go with a lot, then I'm I'm intrigued. That's yeah. why my number one of all time is the Tom Sachs Mars Yard. Right. That's a, yep. that can go with anything. Yep. Um, no, this these I really like, and uh, I got targeted. Of course, I got fucking targeted. And so I was like, ooh, you know what? I need something to wear to the office, to, you know, something casual. Yeah. You know what else I want to eventually get is I, I just want some dunks that are like a um, a neutral colorway. Yeah. But I'm stubborn about paying for them. Right. Yes. Because what are they going to be, like 300-something? Um, I think those ones that, that are about to come out, like another version of the gray, vast gray or something like yeah. that, like they'll probably be like 220. Plus all of the, so this is another thing that I that I just wanted to mention because because there was some talk about this in the Club Cool Discord, which is that okay look you know people talked about a year or two ago three years ago even about how there was going to be like this post sneaker world right mm-hmm. I always called that a just a total load of bullshit mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and that sure maybe loafers will have their moment and and we're wearing Clark's Wallabies in the fall now and like there's plenty of room for all these other shoes and 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 additions to to the to the footwear space in your closet but like sneakers are here to stay man this is like a multi-billion dollar business that people like Nike are going to clutch onto with a fucking death grip mm-hmm. you know and instead of there being a post sneaker world i'm just going to list you a few brands that maybe you've heard of now asics new balance reebok solomon all of these brands have figured out collaborations and design and drop models. So now not only do you have Nike Dunks and Jordan 1s and you know Adidas is doing like has figured out some like some cool new skate shoes and they've got their stuff that that sells well. Plus Yeezy, you still can't you still can't get foam runners and and the slides currently when when they do drops. So there's all that plus there's been this run of new brands that have also figured this out. So it's not just like, it's not just three or four brands that you're paying attention mm-hmm. to now or choosing stripes or checks, right? Now there's like, now now Teddy Santis from Amelie Leondor is like doing the New Balance shit. Braindead's collaborating with Reebok. Jound is collaborating with everybody. If you're if you're into the tech and Gorp stuff, you gotta have the Solomon XT6s, which Hidden New York is doing collaborations with, which you can't find because they're sold out. Like, it, it, it's become more overwhelming than it already was which was overwhelming <laughs> yeah and so the, the the piece of this that we were talking about in discord a little bit is about how there's no like like you know i'll, I'll just read some some quotes here and and, and some of them I'll, I'll paraphrase but uh it, so here's a quote it's such a bummer when there's a shoe you really want literally that comes out five days after you just bought another pair you couldn't pass up Damn. And then the pet and the response to, to that is, yeah, the constant drop model is a vicious cycle in that way. There's never any time to save up for something or pick something you need now and something you can get later for a birthday or Christmas or something. Things get announced on Monday, dropped Thursday through Saturday. If you don't buy it, then it's gone. And then we start all over again. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I fell into that in, in a, in a bad way earlier this year when like I picked up because here's the back end of that equation. Like, I picked up the new balance, the high top New Balance six, the six fifty, the high top version of the five fifty from Teddy Santisame Leondor. Because I was just like, oh well, I I guess I'll get, I guess I'll throw a pair of those into the draw. Like, why not? Got those, didn't like them, can't sell them for more than retail. Yeah. Then I was like, okay, I, well, th- then Teddy did the nine ninety V two in the original Marblehead colorway, and I got a pair of those. My regular New Balance size, they were way too big. So I sat on those until I took them, took took a loss on them for 20, 25 bucks. Then I did the Wales Bonner Adidas Sambas. Hated the way they looked on my feet. Sold those for a $20, $20 loss. <laughs> I just got the 2002 R Phantoms in from Kith in a, in, the, in a colorway that I was waiting for to restock. Got them in. I had gone down a half size. Those are too small. Damn. You're going to take an L on that one. And so too. I'm taking an L on that one too, because these are like, because of this, like all of these shoes are shoes that sold out that you can't just pop onto a website and pick up your size in. And and at Kith, it's, it, it, it's going to be even worse because not only are they going to charge me $8 restocking fee God. and the $11 that I paid to ship them in the first place, but now the only thing I'm going to get back is a store credit from Kith. That is so fucked. 
And so it's like, and and like the you know I mentioned Brain Dead doing a collab with Re- collaboration with Reebok. There's a there's um there's a pair that I really like. They just did their collaboration, and I really really like them. See if I can pull those up quickly. Yeah, here they are. And uh and and I got a I got a restock notification for these. And like, if I could just get my money back for the two thousand two R's that that I sized wrong, I'd go for these. But now I'm like stuck in this like. Well, I just, I'm losing $20 on those. So now, and I got to wait for that credit to even get to me. So now I'm not going to be able to take advantage of like this other pair that I like. Like there's just, there's too much. And the only way out really is to just like absolve yourself of all of it and just like end your relationship with it, (laughs) which I, which I can't do. You're fucked. The only, the the only way to do this is to have a child. (laughs) <laughs> that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, because then you have to care about like some, Basics. you know, something else, you know? Yeah. I just go for the shit that's in stock. But that's easy so, to get. So how does that feel to, to, to be like, you know, to, to, to know. I love it. You, you, you feel good I, about I it. I don't, I don't care about a drop. I, I mean, I do, but I don't pay near as much attention. And I do what would make you cringe and I'll pay full price for stuff mm-hmm. and I'll even pay resale at this point because I know I'll pay resale for dunks. I'm not, I'm not going to get them on the fucking app. Yeah. It's right. not going to happen. You're not even going to try. And even if I do, then I don't want them. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Because they're too easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be afraid that everybody else has them like the pandas. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Right. Like I don't want those. Okay. And like I was looking I'm in love with Nike React 87s. Yeah. The 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 what the bone colorway, the one the first one the that dropped. The first one, yeah. They're out there. Mm-hmm. I was looking at buying those because I love them so much. Right. So you you so you are so you're not you you've not abandoned no. any hype sneakers. You've just abandoned like concerning yourself with the the drops and the the pressure and kind of stress of getting of getting them. Yeah. However, it's just, you're just going to choose exactly what you want, and it's either in stock and you'll buy it, or you'll pay the resale price for right. it if you want it bad enough. That's exactly right. However, I do long for the thrill of hitting on something. Yeah. 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 That's the dopamine. That's the dopamine that's right. reward cycle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just talking about those Yeezys <laughs> gave me flashbacks of like sitting by the. The phone or the computer and trying to yeah yeah and just the just the hope yeah yeah uh, all right well let's let's hear from one more sponsor today and then we'll, we'll be back to wrap things up. Today's podcast is also also brought to you by Zocdoc. Look, it, it's it's hard to book stuff. Reservations these these days are very hard. Uh, travel accommodations, vacations, everything has just become very difficult. And historically, uh, booking medical care and finding a doctor has just been lumped in right along with that stuff, but not anymore thanks to the ZocDoc app. This is a place where you know you can find real, verified patient reviews that help you find the right doctor in your network and in your neighborhood. And uh, it's just it's super important to be able to do this type of stuff. If your doctor can recite every line from the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off but can't remember your name... <laughs> It's time to get a new doctor, right? <laughs> like, like th- this is this is a tough thing, and you want to be able to do it right. Zocdoc makes it very easy to find those quality doctors. 
that fit with everything that you need. You need. It's a free app that shows you all the doctors that take your insurance and are available when you need them. And like I said, you also get to see actual patient reviews for those doctors. You can find every specialist under the sun. So whether you need just a general practitioner or a dermatologist or, you know, an orthopedist or whatever else you need, uh, ZocDoc has you covered. It's a simple mobile app. It's as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house from your favorite takeout spot. You can search, find, and book doctors with just a few taps. Go to ZocDoc.com and find that doctor that is right for you. You can book an appointment in person or remotely, whatever works for your schedule and your preferences. Every month, millions of people are using this app, ZocDoc. I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find and book a quality doctor. So go to ZocDoc.com slash clubcool and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are even available within 24 hours, no waiting for the three, four, five, six-week bookouts. Find doctors that are available in your network, in your neighborhood, when you need them. Once again, that's ZocDoc.com slash clubcool. I'm going to spell it Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash clubcool. All right, Phil, we're back. We're wrapping things up here. It's about time to get out of here. I hope you enjoyed your busy. Hope you enjoyed this walk down uh, down memory lane with MTV and VJs. I wish it would come back. God, that's a thing. Like during the pandemic, I was really um, geeked up on MTV. No, I was wondering. You know, like uh, some people, I, I don't remember what networks it was, but they were showing like old shows or whatever. You know, that would because for for the people that were staying at home. Yeah. Why? Why not bring back all the old MTV shit? TRL. Just start rerunning that stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. take off like five hours of, uh, what is that show that just plays on MTV constantly? What's the, oh, uh, what are they, what, are, what do they play on it? I don't even know what they play on MTV oh, anymore. Fuck. It's like Jackass, but it's with uh, that. Oh, skin. ridiculousness. Yeah. Take yeah. like five hours of that out. <laughs> It plays twenty four seven. What? What? Yeah. Why is that the only? Is that the only thing they own? No, they're they're owned by Viacom. They got a whole gang of shit they they could put on there. Why is there a five hour block of ridiculousness why? every night? Just no, you're give me the right. shit that we want. Or, We've and, been rewatching um, old episodes of Real World on Paramount Plus. You okay. want to talk about gold, dude? Yeah. Get start watching the one in Austin. The, start there. The, so there is an there is an MTV like classic channel that I'll occasionally throw on because they'll play like a, a two hour block of like eighties or nineties music videos. And I find that fun. Oh yeah. But like, yeah, you know, th- this is a, you, you can have the Viacom MTV. You can have this one for free. Why is there not like an MTV classic channel? Give me the music videos. Put on, put on those 1999 episodes of TRL or the 2001 episodes of Jackass or or whatever it is, put on those episodes of real of real world Austin, real world Seattle, road real rules. world road rules, Ugh. like all the precursor stuff to the challenge. Like, there's got to be yeah. a licensing thing. There has. to I be. don't know. I don't know, man. Why maybe won't maybe they give it to us. I'll maybe watch there is, but all that, those music videos. But that that is really really uh, yeah. That would be gold. I just I can't like that. That was such a part of my of, of my formative years, man. It's just like laying on my bed watching watching MTV. Just you know, vibing. But just vibe, just vibing. Those just, are the original. Vibes. Those are the original vibes. Just <laughs> it was great to see Ananda 
on the uh, Ananda Lewis on the the Woodstock uh-huh. documentary. She looks great. Um, and yeah, old Carson Daly's ass. Carson, man, he's <laughs> he survived. He did. You know, he did. Uh, and um, yeah, that that stuff was just like God. For some reason, I always remember Jim Brewer. You remember Jim, Jim Brewer, Brewer, the comedian? Was great. He had a thing on MTV. On MTV, whatever the guy was that was the the anchor for MTV News, Kurt Loder. Kurt Loder. Uh, Loader appears on Portlandia a couple episodes. Okay, and it's awesome. They get a lot of the old VJs on there. Um, I'll never forget when they had like the contest to become the next VJ. I was like, Ooh, I, yeah, yeah, wow. If you were born in in the era that we were born, if you were born in the you know mid eighties, basically, and you didn't desperately want to be a VJ, yeah, something's wrong with you. I desperately wanted to be on Real World. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not too late, Phil. Oh, it's too late. <laughs> And looking back at, at these old episodes, dude, it's so amazing. The 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 stupid shit. It was just it's just like the beginning of reality television. And they know that they're there to just like be entertaining. Yeah. And play a part. And it was incredible. I loved it. It was awesome to watch those old episodes, there, especially of the. Awesome there's, I, you know, there's one that you like. The what is it? The uh, Southern Charm. Yeah, I, I had that on the other day just because because people have recommended it and and said that I would like it and that it's it's one of the the best out there right now. And yeah, there there is such an element of, and, and I mean it it is part of this, but it but. Well, well, let me finish the thought. You watch those people on screen, and they they are just keenly aware oh, yeah. that they are on a reality show. Everything is very polished. The conversation feels um, expository in a way that's not very natural. You know what I mean? Like they are explaining things in a way that doesn't, that that without cameras just sitting there talking to your no. partner or your spouse, you wouldn't say it like that, mm-hmm. you know? So there's there's just this, this and it's, so there is that scripted element and obviously some of it is actually scripted at this point. The old stuff that 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 raw black tar all they version to do of this is get shit fucked up and, and is like, so much. Yeah, there's no polish. No, they there are, is, the, the producers did very. It did a scene, It seemed to me that there was very little producer interjection. Right. Yes. So other than y'all need to get fucked up. Right. It's performative in the way that they know they are on screen, so they want to do something fun, crazy, controversial, yeah. exciting, etc. But it's it it's so raw in the way that yeah that, that you can tell there's very little, uh, yeah there's very little interjection or 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 manipulation from from producers outside of handing them a bunch of booze. Basically, yeah, that's the thing that I, like was really <laughs> standing out to me. Like in that that house, yeah, there's never ending liquor just for everyone in there. And one of the dudes was 19. <laughs> Yeah. And they, all he does is just drink out of a solo cup. <laughs> this is the Austin one? Yeah. Was it Wes? Is Wes 19? Wes. Yeah. 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 That, ah, you're good. Dude, that was a great that was a great season. He's man. such a tool. <laughs> They're all just complete tool bags. The um God, I had a huge crush on the girl that he yeah. goes for. What's her name? Uh fuck. She's the one I'm forgetting. She's like a little Pocahontas looking. That, uh, you can't say that, Phil. Check. Why not? She looks like her. I don't because I don't think she's Native American. Whatever. She looks like Pocahontas. I may have, and I, and I honestly, God, I don't even know if I if I'm allowed to say say Native American anymore. I don't even know if that's the proper. 
well, the proper term. Barrett, if we get canceled, we better today, we, we better turn off this this uh, this this roadcaster. It's before, been real, man. Before before we uh, say something, um, we shouldn't. We're we're not supposed to. Johanna, what was her name? Jo- Joanna. Joe. She went by Joe, right? Johanna or Joanna. Joanna. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other two ended up getting married. That's right. And yeah. divorced. Yep. Yep. Melinda and the dude from Boston. Yeah. Da- David? No. I don't think so. But that was another thing that, like, talk about the style. And that was like 20. Um, 2005, I think. Yeah. 2005. Yeah. Big baggy jeans. Yes. A lot of like just tilted brim hats, like side sideways, um, like baseball caps. Yep. Big ass baggy jeans. Yep. Um, so these are on Paramount Plus? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. They've got a lot of them. Well, we've certainly given the listeners a lot to go back and, and watch and, and listen to here. Sure. Between vintage MTV and and of course the Woodstock '99 documentary. And yeah, the new Southern Charm, dude. It's the the new season's really dumb. Yeah. It's like a, the 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 amount of production that goes into it now uh, is. I'm still watching because I know the characters, you know, and so I'm kind of bought in. Yeah. But it's just so overdone, dude. Yeah. But hey. You, it's not too late for you to get on one of these shows. <laughs> I've cut reality TV out of my life for the moment, for the time being. Yeah, you used to be a big Bachelor guy. Yeah, it's, I'm, 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 I'm done with that. Uh-huh. The only thing I've got is Too Hot to Handle when they put out a new season on, on Netflix, and I just, mm-hmm. I just dip my toe. It's very nice. It's you can watch it all in a snap, mm-hmm. ten episodes in and out. And I've got, I've got my fix. That's I'm good with that for now. Okay. So. All right, Fine. we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you to today's sponsors, Busy Hard Seltzer, Felix Gray, and of course, ZocDoc. That'll do it for Phil and I today, for Phil and me today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll chat soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Welcome to the club.